0: Hi and welcome to another episode of the Leadership Enigma. And as you know, I've always been passionate about human-centered leadership. And there are seven components of human-centered leadership. And they are inclusivity, humility, empathy, personal purpose, presence, vigilance, and curiosity. And this episode is all about curiosity. So when you come back to me, I'll be chatting to the wonderful Stefan van Hudonk founder of the Global Curiosity Institute, former CLO and Dean of the Earth Academy. So my curiosity will have to ask some questions about that. So come straight back to me.
1: In a constantly changing world, today is as simple as it gets. You're listening to The Leadership Enigma, a podcast to explore, experiment, and power up your leadership to make the difference to your business, your people, and your success. Whether you're an entrepreneur, business owner, or corporate executive, each week we dig deep into global experts, academics, rising stars, ambitious upstarts, and disruptors. Now, here's your host, Adam Pacifico. Hey, hey!
0: welcome, Stefan, to the Leadership Enigma. How are you, my friend?
2: I'm really good, Adam. Thanks for having me. Uh, Weather is good. Spring is spring is in the air. Well, everything is good.
0: I agree. I agree. As soon as the sun comes out, we all change. Uh, I'm certainly wired that way. Uh, listen, it's fabulous. I've been looking forward to this episode because, uh, as you heard in the intro, i am been working on the seven components of human-centered leadership, and I know you specialize on curiosity, so I was very keen to have you on and you're the founder of the global curiosity institute so you're going to have to tell me how you got to that point focusing solely on curiosity how's that happened
2: well it's it's it happened on the professional side on the private side i guess i i was always always a little bit of a little bit of a curious person i lived in many countries and i traveled around and i um um but uh, on the professional side, very much. I started in investment consulting in China, and that already was a big thing in the beginning of the nineteen nineties, kind of to help foreign companies uh, land in uh, land in China and how to facilitate that. And that was a curious story altogether. Right. But later on, later on, I became uh, um, a leader in the learning space of uh, for companies, yes. and, then, and I ended up in the last couple of companies was chief learning officer of uh, of big companies, and what you find in big companies is often you have people who are just natural learners we call them uh people that are naturally reading the right books they're they don't need anybody to get going they um uh, they ask the right questions they have a certain humility around them so they're always looking for more and they're never having this, this arrogant notion of i know everything but the sad thing is often i call these people a players now, the sad thing or the good thing for them is that often you only have about 10 or 15% of your total population are kind of such A players. People right. that are asking the right questions, are part of the right networks, um, are, are very active in, in social media, on, uh, on, on, on the knowledge side. And then you have the B players, people that want to, but somehow miss something. Uh, they need some, either a manager discussion or an organization telling them, why don't you start... Moving in a certain direction, uh, change, transformation, growth, learning. And my question for the last 15 years or so was, how would I turn such B players into A players? Okay. And what's the magic? Um, it's not about asking me to do more certifications. It's not about teaching them more behavioral tricks. It's, and I suddenly pumped into the notion of, uh, of habits and mindsets um and because of my uh, i've also was a i'm also an executive coach in a couple of uh, and one of the areas i've been uh, focusing on was nlp right and the notion that actually you can change mindsets um um we know that all together but we we haven't really focused on that so i started looking at how what can i do for and i of course cog- and my last company was cognizant three hundred thousand people yeah. so you have a a big group to uh, to work with. Yes. And we, we trained fifteen thousand people on the notion of growth mindset and curiosity. And three months later we asked them what uh, what do you remember? Um and actually more than fifty percent of the people said, actually the seed you planted three months back, it's changed me. And I'm looking at the world slightly differently and I'm I'm starting to learn more. And then we checked we checked actually the the, 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 the the 12 months prior and the 12 months post those sessions and we we saw that people's just normal learning behavior had jumped from 25 to 43 hours on average right for those people i said yes yeah, something changed so i said boy we're onto something um, and i started reading more and i started understanding more uh, the the notion of curiosity but specifically workplace curiosity um find found very little research right very little work uh, work done on that in this space and i said boy this is crazy i want to do more of this and um um i was at crossroads in my career and i said why don't i just do something more and help companies and individuals and other people in the in the world of curiosity and i started last summer and
0: and here we are
2: it's been fun every
0: day. Now, you asked me a question before we went live, you actually said, you know, why am I doing this podcast? And I said to you, "Well, one of the things I love is when I'm not talking, I'm learning and I'm learning from people like yourself. So let me start with a a very basic question. What is curiosity? Because a number of people might think they understand what curiosity means. But through the research that you've carried out and the work that you've done up until now, what is curiosity?
2: Well, that's a very good question. There's a couple of dimensions. Everybody has this this natural notion of curiosity. And when we think of curiosity, we often think about two things. We either think about kids. They're naturally curious. As if we as adults have lost that capability. And we can definitely talk about it because some of us have lost that capability. And the other time, people thinking about, oh, curiosity killed the cat. um, As if curiosity is is a negative thing. And we can also talk about that because there is indeed a dark side to curiosity. Now, my basic uh, definition is curiosity is the mindset to challenge the status quo, to explore, discover and learn. Right. So there's a a lot packed into this notion, but it's definitely a a, um, mindset, Um, it's challenging status quo, Uh, it's learning, it's uh, discovering, it's the notion of exploration. Um, Now, I'll have to say something, because curiosity... Is both linked to the person, and that's another di- definition, probably, or or or, or, or dimension uh, mm-hmm. of it. Curiosity is linked to a person, but curiosity also needs a fertile uh, social environment to flourish in. Okay. So, if you have in in a workspace environment, if your company, um, companies, and leaders often, they just stifle for curiosity. In organizations, they kill it, and then uh, often, if you're a curious person, you might still be very curious in your private space, but not really in your corporate space. So it has both a nature and nurture dimension. Okay. Um, and and the nature dimension, uh, I don't know. Did you take my diagnostic? Uh, the the, the, the um, in, in the in the diagnostic that uh, that I'm that I'm presenting on my website. And the report that people get uh, post doing this, uh, this diagnostic, there's three dimensions. Right. Um, there's curiosity about the world, and that's what people traditionally are looking at when, uh, when, when you define curiosity. It's, it's, it's more cognitive or intellectual curiosity. But I've also added two extra dimensions to curiosity, which are, are extremely important, not only in corporate life, but also in society, I think. Is the second one is empathic curiosity. It's curiosity about others. And the third one for me is self-reflective curiosity. It's right. curiosity about myself. Like how much, uh, why do I say the things I say? Why do I think the things I say? What is, my, what is my spine? What is my core? What are my values type of things? Like going inward is the third dimension of, uh, of curiosity.
0: Okay, so there are three. So I've got world, others, and self-reflection. Uh, this might yep. be a good point to say is how do people
2: uh,
0: find out about your diagnostic or get to do your diagnostic? Is there a link we can give them?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, go to the global curiosity, uh, uh, global uh, and immediately you get directed uh, to the to the diagnostic and you can click it it's available already in seven language and in a couple of weeks we'll have more languages coming up um i've got now about two thousand people who've uh, taken it from all around the world right um so it's um uh, and people look at it uh i sometimes have families who are doing it together the right. partners are comparing each other's notes <laughs> or uh, I had people telling me, oh, I thought I was not a curious person, and they were referring only to intellectual curiosity, and they realized they were actually really high on empathic curiosity. They were really inter- interested in other people, or they were high in the self-reflective part. Um, so there's, every dimension has three sub-dimensions, and so people can be all the time good at something, yep. but all the time have areas for uh, for. for, for well, getting better at, but at least being aware that this might be not be your your best uh, score. Right. Nobody's ever perfect at this.
0: No, that's for sure. That that's life in general. So, as people are listening to this, they may be a, an individual working for themselves, a sole contributor. They might be running a large organisation. Why does curiosity matter? As we hopefully coming out of a global pandemic, but why?
2: Well, curiosity is the antipode for. Exploitation. Okay, um, is you have the difference between exploration and exploitation, or between focusing on the status quo and innovating, and when you're looking at the 20th century, the 20th century is really the century of efficiency, of exploitation, and that's why you're seeing this uneasiness in many companies yeah. with innovation. You know. Um, we're better at maintaining status quo, doing the things we've always been doing, uh, doing well. Um, um, and every time innovation is somehow rocking the boat, is changing things, is new ways of selling, new ways of product generation, new processes. Um, um, and when you're looking at the track record that change uh, and transformation uh, has had in, in multiple organizations, we realized that in the 20th century, we didn't really do a good job at it. Right. Now, the 21st century for me is a century of ideas. Is You see so many things happening, uh, industries rapidly changing, look at COVID. Yeah. Suddenly we were a very little animals, suddenly uh, decided on the, on the fate of the world almost, you know, and we were all caught by surprise. And, and you see within similar industries, Within the same industry sometimes you see companies thriving really well and you other companies are just barely surviving yes. because they they are not good at letting go they're they're not um, they're not as good at 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 the entire notion of exploration um, and exploration for me goes hand in hand with perseverance right since interestingly like the, the, the two rovers that went up to mars the first one was called uh, uh, Curiosity, and the last one that was set up a couple of weeks ago was Perseverance. So mm-hmm. if you managed to get those two, uh, those two uh, uh, concepts married together, you're onto um, big changes. And with all the changes that are facing us yes. in terms of anything really... Yeah. Internal processes, customer relationships, customer um, uh, business models, um, uh, earning models, uh, gig economy, all that just coming together just requires company to, to start to thinking differently. And I think curiosity yeah. is the, me- the meta skill um, to, to drive that. And not only at an individual level with those three dimensions, but how much as an organization or as a leader are you allowing, are you setting up? your teams, your organizations, your practices, your culture, your climate for for a curious environment.
0: Right. Okay. Now, I mean, we're living in the delta of change. And I chatted to Nick Jankel, who's a futurist, a few episodes back. And he talked about transformational leadership and people balancing outside in and inside out. And I can see how curiosity is, as you say, a, a meta capability for all of that to happen. So let me ask you this question. What does a curious professional look like, so that listeners can identify the curious professionals within their organization, but they can also hope to become that curious professional themselves?
2: Okay, a very good question. The I think a curious individual is somebody who is constantly feeling that he or she is 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 ready and confident for about seventy or eighty percent, but is always realizing that there's more to learn there's more to, to 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 get from it and then and because the more you get past that threshold of 80 percent, you become arrogant you get confident or overconfident right and that kills curiosity that kills curiosity okay um another dimension of a curious person is is next to continuously learning continuously reading continuously uh, scanning the world is the notion between narrow and broad curiosity right narrow curious um Um, people might be, might be, might say they're curious and say, for instance, I'm an, I'm a a historian or I'm an engineer and I only read about engineering stuff and I am part of engineering networks. And, um, that's what I call narrow curiosity. You go deep in your, deep in your specialization, but it doesn't make you a curious professional per se, um, because a curious professional needs the, the point of view of other areas to influence your specialization. If you're looking at Nobel Prize winners nowadays, they're almost always are combining two or three areas. And they're looking for the magic between those areas. That's the u- when you-
0: so that's almost the inside out and the outside in, isn't it? Are we going narrow uh, yeah. and deep? Or are we also taking into account the adjacencies and those outside of our specialism or discipline?
2: Absolutely, yeah. That would be the adjacencies and looking and learning from magic of areas which are which are not obvious, okay. and learn from it. Um, I think a curious individual, looking at the definition of uh, of, of the three dimensions that I had, is is, is curious about the world. It's also curious curious about other people, and he's also is not afraid of going in going inwards. He's not afraid of, uh, of 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 challenging him or herself and saying, "Am I?" yeah how am i doing um in my in my coaching practice i often ask a simple question like "What describe your values describe your spine what who who, who are you as a person right and many, many people don't know because we haven't we've never thought of it we might know it somewhere deep down but um so that self-reflection is the- uh, part is really important to me. So that, that takes me to
0: another question, perhaps, because if you have a number of curious people together, or there is that, that meta capability shared amongst a group of people, you've now got a curious team. And I, I'm wondering, you know, if you've got a curious team, what kind of impact might that have or should that have on an organization? Because, I, you know, I suppose that most leaders will want that to spread or be a pervasive capability. Yep. So talk to me a little bit about a curious team.
2: Well, interesting for me, teams and organization is an amalgamation of teams. Because um, okay. you might find different different culture, different processes in one side of the organization versus the other side of the, of, of the organization. Even if the organization says these are our values, they're expressed in different places and different teams. Right. So the team the team focus is a, is a very uh, very sensitive one. And actually research has shown that curious teams are more... Uh, uh, more uh, uh, they, they take faster and better decisions. Right. Uh, there's no groupthink. Um, there's no confirmation bias. Okay. Um, they have a leader, which uh, maybe we could talk about a leader later. The yes. leader who is, is allowing for, for curiosity from happening in that team. Uh, there's uh, psychological safety in the team. Um, and there's a bunch of, 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 of curious people. Um, who, who are in the team and are driving things uh, things forward. Curious teams are, um, are creating uh, uh, changes. Yes. Uh, and that has been found not only in the creative teams, because you might say yeah, marketing is maybe creative or some of the more creative departments, but also the non-creative departments. Um, if you are focusing on curiosity, then um, they equally benefit from that focus Um, and then maybe if you're looking at the benefits of individuals yes where we we haven't touched upon that Uh, individuals who are curious uh, my research has shown me they are more engaged they are more productive um, they're more uh, welcoming others and that benefits the, the the team environment um, uh, they're more ready for changes, mm-hmm. uh, less afraid of changes because they have this certain openness to, uh, to kind of allow change from happening. Um, so there's many, many positive uh, dimensions that help uh, both individuals and teams from, uh, from focusing on that curiosity.
0: Okay. Now I had an interesting conversation where I spoke to the wonderful Tracy Groves about empathy and empathy mm-hmm. I, I had as one of, the, one of the components of human-centered leadership. And she talked about when empathy could go too far and you, you move into ethical fading, where we're so empathetic with someone or a set of values that we start to not make the best decisions ourselves. And so okay. I think you mentioned that there's a, a darker side to curiosity. Or can can somebody overdo curiosity?
2: Um, the darker side is more is more related to uh, to the notion of that society does not always accept uh, a curiosity. Right. Uh, like for instance if in even in the Bible when uh, when Eve Eve was eating the apple of, of knowledge uh, and by because of doing so she and uh, and Adam get kicked out of uh, of paradise um, or if you're looking at the, some of the, uh, the, the the stories the children's stories yes where uh, Hansel and Gretel or or, or or sleeping beauty they're all interested in something and they get punished for it somehow right. you know? um, uh, so the dark side can you be too much? Uh, curious, I think if you don't have your definitions, right, if you're too curious in your, uh, in your narrow s- scope, there's yes. nothing wrong from, from that. Uh, but when you're looking at promotion possibilities, uh, the companies need, need broad curiosity, people, right. um, there is a correlation between, uh, career and, 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 and financial gain for the broad curiosity folks, not necessarily for the, for the narrow one. Also when you link it to innovation. If you're going deep into your area, you're only going to create a narrow improvements. Right. Gotcha. Um, okay. While if you're if you're dealing with broad, broad curiosity, you're going to create broad and and more disruptive uh, change. I've not seen now curiosity at a team level and linking it to empathy. Curiosity is not about singing kumbaya and holding hands with a team. Um, And also my point is um, good leaders know when to allow for curiosity and also know when not to allow for curiosity anymore because your curiosity, for instance, is very useful in the beginning of projects before really getting into the action.
0: Well, that takes me neatly maybe into asking the question about curiosity and leadership, Stefan um Mm -hmm. so what are your thoughts there because we may have many people listening to this who are leading individuals maybe leading many individuals across across regions and they're still working virtually as well so what is it that the leader should be looking for in them and how could they help inspire and radiate leadership so help me with that leadership and curiosity
2: Oh, that's a beautiful one. I, there's a couple of dimensions which, which I which I include in leadership traits of or, or traits of curious leaders. Yes. And one already I mentioned is knowing when to when to explore and when to exploit. Yes. When to innovate or when to stay with status quo. Um, that um, when to be curious and when uh, when to focus more on agility and the, the, those type of things. So that's one. Another dimension, of course, um, a role model. In, uh, in in being curious him or herself yes in curiosity world empathy as well as self-reflection right um another dimension is is uh, to allow for uh, psychological safety in the team making sure that the person um is i, I call it often uh confident humility that the person is is uh, has enough humility but he's also proud or, or, or not proud to, to to say that the person doesn't know right or doesn't doesn't shy uh, behind uh, behind not knowing, but is open about it, and therefore is inviting um, the, the 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 wisdom of the team to uh, to to flow to the top. So we have confidence, humility, psychological safety, um, and another another dimension, and it's yes. not only linked to curiosity. Is just somebody who sets. Uh, a clear strategy a clear goal a clear vision for the team like this is the playing ground we're going to play in um, and we're going to get get after we're going to get after that 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 the battles that we want to play so it's also a very action-driven notion of curious leaders it's not only about uh, creating an empathic environment where everybody can say what they want that's not that's not going to win the war. you need the action and, and the mindsets. you need the humility, you need the, um, um, leaders to to drive the agenda and in such a way that it, uh, it, 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 it allows people to question status quo right. it allows uh, it allows the group from not following the leader and and, and have this confirmation bias. It's um, And it's allowing for the leader to tap into everybody in the team uh, to come up with the great ideas.
0: It comes back to that explore, discover and learn, doesn't it, Stefan? And mm-hmm. and what's interesting mm-hmm. as I listen to you is how many of, and I've got my seven components written on a little list here, that how many of these components actually start to flow into each other. And we talked about uh, humility and vigilance and curiosity and empathy and inclusivity. So they are all inextricably linked aren't they really there's a there's an element of interoperability if that's a word I think it is uh, between all of those components Uh, but it's always good to talk to someone who is specializing in one of them Uh, and uh, as you say you've really been focusing on this for many years now but certainly for the last 12 months how can people get in touch with you to find out more about the work you're doing on curiosity how you can help them in relation to curiosity in the workplace, and also the diagnostic we touched upon, how do they get hold of you?
2: Okay, the website is a good starting point. LinkedIn yep. is also always very useful. Um, what I'm—I um, actually I have two diagnostics. Um, one is focusing on the nature, and the other one is focusing on nurture. Right. Okay. Uh, nature is uh, is a free diagnostic which anybody can take online uh, through my website. It's the Global Curiosity Institute. Um, dot com, and um, I'm also doing with companies the, the uh, another diagnostic which companies could, uh, could, could do with me. And that's very much looking at what are the processes, what are the, what are the practices, what is the culture and, and climate that we have in our organizations to allow uh, for curiosity to flourish. Right, And interestingly, what I've found so far in, in doing close to 20 companies uh, globally around, around the world is that the, the entire area of processes and practices and the innovation orientation, that's one of the nine dimensions I have in that, uh, in that diagnostic, tend to be rather low for most companies. Okay. Um, so, and that, when we said earlier that companies are sometimes stifling curiosity from happening, it's especially, what I found so far is, is expressed through those two areas. For instance, we don't recruit curious people. Or whenever somebody sticks out, sticks sticks out, him or her neck, to and is creative, inquisitive, is exploring some new area, does that get translated into bonus uh, right. career progression? Uh, many companies say, on the contrary, uh, it's better not to be engaged in those things. It's better to focus on the efficiency. You know, the twentieth, the twentieth century, yes, uh, not to stick out your neck, and that's. Uh, and that's maybe what what changed, what is what differentiate the thriving companies and the surviving companies. And then the other dimension is the innovation orientation. Right. How much are we focused on, on 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 the here and now, which is of course very important, but how much are we also focused on the on the future with right. um, with preparing with innovation? And those and companies tend to be have an easy on an easier relationship. And that's why yeah, I'm doing lots of workshops with leadership teams around. Yeah, what is the challenge with us and how can we change this and how, uh, how uh, first of all, let's make it transparent because now with these tools I can make curiosity transparent. So we have data and how well we're doing and that's a great basis, basis for, uh, for organizations to start to talk from and say okay what do, we, what do we like what we're seeing and what do we don't like what we're seeing and what can we change around it.
0: And as you were talking there as well it reminds me of a lot of companies are talking to us about ambidextrous leadership you know that ability of leaders to deliver high performance in the moment in the now but also to be able to look over the horizon as regards the opportunity and the challenge that as yet may not even be identifiable and they've got to do that at the same time they've got to have those leadership capabilities to simultaneously do that. Yep. So yep. my last and, and final question to you which is a bit of a fun question as well Stefan with all of the uh, experience and wisdom that you have and the focus that you've got what would be your best advice to a 21 year old Stefan
2: is be aware that there is something like curiosity and there is something that curiosity you can hone. because a a 21 year old would have come into the world and would have asked 300 questions when he or she was a child by the time you're a teenager, you're a beard asking one second, one question so true. Uh, a, a day because it's not cool anymore to ask yeah. questions. And whatever you're left with at the age of 21, it's not fixed. You can still develop it, you can grow it, or you can re, re, re redevelop that muscle so I think be aware
0: listen thank you so much for taking the time out and joining, uh, joining me on the leadership enigma I hope you've had fun and I hope I can come back to you and we can talk again a little bit about what you're continuing to learn and find out through your diagnostic as regards curiosity
2: lovely
1: thank you so much this is great join us again next week for more essential insights on the leadership enigma we'd love to hear your comments on today's show as well as suggestions for future topics and guests get in touch with your host on linkedin or via our website www.pca-global.com please don't forget to rate review and subscribe on itunes thanks for listening